Welcome back to For the Republic, another episode here. I'm Lewis, that's our boy KD. What's up, man? Uh, we can't really see. Oh, you can't the see? Mic is in the way. Yeah, your mic is in the way. It's about, no, yeah. well, fuck the mic. Well, he's covering the, the Trump thug life. Well, oh, if you to Trump, I'm going to I'm gonna do team... Uh, I'm going to go on our team here. I'm going to choose a different team. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> team We're right going to pick it. Oh. Right here, I'm going to choose my different team. Ew, what is that? Team pizza biting. Team pizza. <laughs> oh, shut my mic. Uh, go, oh. Wait, go back. Go back to it. Go back to it. Go back to it. Oh, <laughs> I want to see it again. Why'd you put your background off? All right. New episode here. You gonna take a picture of it? No, my mic disconnected. <laughs> that ball guy's looking at you. That's what I wanted to show you. <laughs> what? What do you want? What do you want? Kiss him in the forehead. It's because you're fat piece of shit. I got our boy Mike in the background, <laughs> staring at you. Yeah, he wants to be on TV right now. Well, you can't because. You got a serious episode to discuss today. <coughs> um, no matter how stupid your my, your background is, we're gonna talk about some serious stuff. We have some updates from Gaza, from Israel, Hamas. We have more on Iran, progressives, Democrats, speaker fight, Trump, everybody else, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence. Um, just a bunch of uh, updates on everything. So this is why we're doing an episode earlier. Usually just do, do one one a week. We're gonna do two a week, just how important the situation is. And I guess we're gonna talk about more of the um, we're just gonna talk about more of like the fallout of what's happened. Um if you wanna find out some more content to share about um Gaza as we start here on beep. Yeah. So Israel has began carpet bombing Gaza and the world is freaking out. As you've seen, people around the world Famous people, people that I guess, I mean, they don't really matter. And, you know, you shouldn't really care about them, like Andrew Tate or Tristan Tate, the the Tetas brothers. They're <laughs> um, they're out here, out here in support of Palestine, pretty much getting to Twitter feuds with Ben Shapiro, which we'll get into later. And other people among, especially among the American left and the global left, like progressives and communist dictators around the world and South America and Africa, pouring their support behind Hamas, even though even though Hamas is standing in hiding behind the Palestinian people, holding them hostage, or as we'll discuss later on, are is Hamas and Palestine synonymous? Do Palestine and Hamas go hand in hand? Do they agree? We'll get into that later. But um, let's just get right into it. Um, you've seen the reaction from everybody else. You've seen how effectively the United States and the West has united around uh, everyone's fo- everyone's leaving Ukraine. Nobody cares about Ukraine anymore. Everyone's focused on Israel and Hamas, which can, which I guess you, for the first time, really can't say was started by the United States, this incident. So that's mm-hmm. why nobody's really focusing on the right wing isn't really focused on it's Biden's fault. It kind of is, but it isn't. Oh. Conflict precedes Biden, literally precedes Biden, even though that's kind of difficult since Biden's been in politics since for like 50 years as of this year. I mean, do they really, do they, did they really stop caring about Ukraine? Did they send out like, 200 million more um on aids to well, i mean i mean like publicly caring about you public okay yeah, they're uh, gonna send yeah. money to whoever they send money they, yeah. they're sending money to people we don't even know about but um yeah. right and 
the thing is that, like, it's kind of complicated because it's not a black and white issue, even though progressives make it seem as if we treat it as it is. And the right wing sort of doesn't want to tread the line of, well, we don't know who to support because Biden and the left and the politics. So they don't know. But they support Israel because it was a nasty attack. And at the end of the day, we don't like Hamas. This was a terrorist attack. So it's kind of it's kind of uh, difficult. But then again, the right, the American right, I think the, I think the MAGA right, I don't know about the new, we'll talk about the neocons, but I think the response from the right, obviously, there's the MAGA wing, which says, you know, it sucks that there's war. We don't like war. We want this to come to an end. You know, we don't really want Israel bombing the shit out of Gaza. We really, really, really prefer them to strike, to strike, you know, Hamas. <laughs> but that's difficult when Hamas is literally spread throughout the entire city of Gaza and the entire region. And you don't really know where they are, except, you yeah. know, maybe homes. But when they have perhaps bases in hospitals and schools and nurseries and business centers and malls, and et cetera. It's yeah. difficult to kind of find them. And and so that that becomes unrealistic. And then the American left, or let me just stick on the right. And then you have the neocon right, which is like, we're going to take this opportunity to invade Iran. I mean, you've heard people like Lindsey Graham, you've heard Nikki Haley, and then you've heard people like Mike Pence effectively say the United States should endorse Iran and Iran should bomb oil depots that belong to Iran. Literally, literally beginning World War III, which is an insane, insane endeavor, which would probably never happen, and I hope doesn't happen. But this should tell you, in times of conflict, in times of actual, you know, let's ch- let's relax, let's calm down and think about what we're going to do next. What do we do? How are we going to go forward with this? You're seeing people saying, oh, you know what? Fuck it all. Let's just bomb everything. Bomb everyone. Without really thinking about the repercussions of that. No, not thinking of the lives lost. Nothing of the innocent lives lost in particular, because even if you do target a, even if you are targeting certain places with uh, missiles, you always know civilians are going to effectively get injured or unfortunately die from these strikes. This, these yeah. are things that happened in Syria, these right. are things that happened in, uh, in Yemen, happened today, in Kuwait, in Iraq, in Afghanistan, all over the world where there's been conflict. I mean, the, the Democrats in, from the Obama administration who are in the Biden administration now should really should really have a pretty good experience with this, considering how many civilians they bombed through drone strikes and other other mechanisms in Syria, Yemen, uh, South Sudan, Pakistan, even. They should know. So this isn't an easy thing to go through. The, and, and I think the biggest problem is that both sides, the ones that support Palestine and even sometimes the ones that support Israel, are trying to make it seem as if it's black and white. I like the MAGA's response because they're trying to they're trying to be consistent with their message, even though they may not be perfectly concise. Or they're trying to say, "Yeah, it sucks that it happened. They do have a right to defend themselves, but we should have nothing to do with it because we have our own problems." And I'm saying, "Okay, great," but eh, that is kind of difficult when the Democrats and the neocon Republicans that led this country have effectively imported like a lot of Hamas sleeper cells into this country, and the southern border is wide open where even more people are walking in and you don't really know what they grew, where if they belong to a terrorist group or not because once they get in you can't find them so this isn't a problem you can just let go away and say oh that's in israel let them deal with it especially yeah. when israel has been a particularly important piece of geopolitical strategy for the past decades where if you've tried to use the line of israel is the only line of only democracy in the middle east we have to do everything we can and fund them it's been for this moment Right, right. A moment they have surely disappointed us with, because I guess we're going to get into right now the effective 
uh, response from Israel. But I think what's going to overshadow them and what's overshadowing them now, which I don't think they expected, is did Israel know? And what happened? I think that's going to be the biggest question. Now, yeah. Egypt has already come out and said, we told them. We told them this could happen, and they didn't do anything about it. I don't think it's that they ignored it. I think they probably just didn't think it was going to happen. Or, the more cynical of all, did they let this happen? <clears throat> do you think they probably just underestimated? I, I don't think they underestimated. I think that's the I think that's the I think that's one point people have to I don't think they underestimate Hamas. I just think because I have never been to Israel. You've never been to Israel, but I've I listened to people who have gone to Israel. And apparently whenever you're on the border with on, with the Israeli border with Gaza, it's a completely surveilled area. I mean there are you can't find you can't spend thirty seconds without running into a soldier who patrols the border from the IDF. It's sure. completely uh, it's 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 a extremely innovative, technologically sound border with detectors, everything. And so that's what makes you think: if this is the most secure border on the planet, which it is, factually it is better than ours. Oh yeah, I mean, my, I mean <laughs> better funded than ours. But yeah. I mean, just imagine um, how, how did this happen? Was there an order to stand down? Because people are going to start saying this: if this is the most secure border in the world, and it is. Because it has to be, because it does difference with us. It's that it's not that we need the most secure border in the world. That's not really yet. We don't have to spend billions and billions of dollars securing the border nah, nah, yeah. like they do, because we don't have the threat. Mexico nor Canada is 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 chanting slogans to get rid of us and to say we need to get rid of all of them. All of the Jewish people and Israelis need to be cleansed off the planet. They're not, you know, they're not saying that about us. So we don't need that. But they do. That's why they have it. How did this happen? How did they fail? Right. So, um, well, what do you think about um, leader of Hamas calling for what's it called a jihadi day, something like that? Yeah. So the former leader of Hamas is effectively calling for a a global day of jihad in support of the Palestinian suffering of Palestinian suffrage and a calling for the end of oppression and colonization, which is you know bogus, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they have to market it. And not only that, he's asking for money. He's asking for money from people. He wants money. He wants supplies. He wants, and he wants people. And he said it himself. He wants people. Blood and soul. To put their blood and soul out there for the cause. And he's making sure that people in the West, you know, find out the pain that they're suffering because, you know, they say the West has antagonized them and caused these problems. I mean, it's really Iran that uses you. I mean, that's kind of the sad reality. The Palestinians don't want to be, or think they're colonized by the Israelis, but they're really pawns of the Iranians. Which is the saddest reality. They don't know who 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 they're playing for. Yeah, and right. they don't know that if the Iranians don't have food for them anymore, they'll just get rid of them like they do other places. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about the Kurdish the Kurdish people. Nobody talks about Syria anymore, or Yemen, or Oman, or Kuwait, or you know South Sudan. Everybody's just talking about you know Hezbollah and Iran and Hamas. That's all they care about nowadays. Now, don't why? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say, why are they going around um, saying that uh, the people like, like like the Jewish people in Israel or Israel in general, like the colonizers when they have done stuff like that past and in like past histories. So it's like, what what is the main um, history background when it comes to Jews going to Israel? Like, was it like a huge migration during the World War or how did, like how, how did that went? 
Well, well, I'm not an expert on this, and it's kind of difficult. But remember, it's okay. like after the World War, they they were effectively, you know, after the World War, there were all these millions of Jewish people who were effectively refugees. Okay. I mean, I think we forget in Europe, all of Eastern Europe is filled with what was they used to be called Volga Germans. These were effectively refugees of Eastern Europe. They weren't Germans, but they had an ethnic. They were ethnically tied to the German empires of the German lands, you know, Sudan lands and all of that. You know, they were refugees. They were spread out. I mean, Eastern Europe was on fire from Germans and Soviet warfare, from scorched yeah. earth, yeah. barren lands. You couldn't live anywhere. <clears throat> they were all just walking everywhere. And Poland was just a mess. It's kind of a it's kind of why Poland is what it is today. Why right? it votes the way it does today. Why it wants to be a secure nation with zero migrants because it 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 has a constant fear of being overrun and it has been because it's been constantly invaded by whatever side and it can't depend on foreign powers to save it because well they didn't the british never came to save them the british gave them away so the germans the german jews and a lot of the other jews you know, austrian and polish a lot of them because they had nowhere to go and they didn't want to keep them in germany they sent them to the place where they hated them a little less they hated them but not as much as the germans so they don't want them oh. to exist in the world, but they sent them somewhere. So who sent them? The British. Why did the British send them there? Because they had a, they had a spiritual, historical, and even a, a religious attachment to Jerusalem, to Israel. That is Judea, which it was in its heyday back in the Roman times when the Romans were conquering the world, yes. the world that they knew existed, the kingdom yeah. of Judea. And that was one of the many sites where Jewish people suffered genocide because the Romans committed genocide against them. Not only because, not because they were really anti-Semitic, but because the way they warged, they, they, they did warfare was, we are going to conquer you and eradicate you because right. we don't want people that aren't Roman. We want Roman people here. Not Romans from Rome, but Roman citizens, people that understand that they have to follow our history, our culture. So they're going to force you to assimilate. And if you don't assimilate, what do they do? Well, there wasn't. It's not like they had citizenship citizenship tests back then. It was either you do it right. or you don't live, and that's what they did. They they murdered hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions of people who were of Judea. And to sh and to make things worse, what they did was they got rid of all of them. They destroyed countless. You know, it, it gets kind of ugly. That's why kind of people don't really. That's why I kind of. That's my. You know, that's critique against the Romans. You know, what not only just the people they killed. But just the cultures they they eliminated off the face face of the planet, the art, the books, the history, you know, all gone. Just like when the Romans went to Egypt and, and or you know and they they and they got rid of the temple of the Library of Alexandria, which has you know reportedly had books that explained all of human civilization before that. So you know people people debate nowadays, you know, how much information knowledge of ourselves did we lose when the Romans burnt that down? Why? Well, because they do the same thing. They burn things down. They eliminate history, and they begin it anew. Kind of like a pre-Marxist concept. Right, right, right. So the and... Jewish people had suffered this before. What do they do? They bring in people, Arabs, from Syria, from other regions in the Middle East, what we consider the Middle East today, and they're brought there. And they really call it uh, Palestina. Palestina. Or Palestine. Or Palestine, what it's called today. And those people live there for centuries under different things. And until recently, until the World War II, they were they were they were subjects of the British Empire. I wouldn't really say they were citizens, but they were subjects of the British Empire. And under that, 
the British Empire had control of them, of those lands, and said, the Jewish people need a place to go. They're now refugees. They can't go to Argentina and Chile because that's where the Nazis are. It may be Hitler. We don't know. <laughs> right, really right. take them to America because America says we've had enough German refugees. We have enough people. And we just took a bunch of these Nazi doctors that helped us make this atomic bomb. So I don't think, they, you know, we have too many. There are enough Jewish delis in New York City. That's what they said, literally. There's enough Jewish delis in New York City. We don't want anymore. So what they said was, take them somewhere else where they can be Hasid and stuff like that. And so the British said, you know what? That's We're going to put them where they don't hate them that much. They didn't take them to Japan where they're going to be like, who the fuck are these dudes? They took them like, they took them <laughs> where they shouldn't have gone. Right. Some annoying Jewish guy was like, we should go over there to Jerusalem and, and do the and, and cook up some chut. That's food they eat. And so they sent them there. And then this happened because the Arabs that were there for, you know, literally hundreds of years literally said, yeah, um, we were here first. I get it that their ancestors were here, but they were like genocided and then we were here. We've been here longer than them. We don't know that, but until recently. Our ancestors have been here longer than them. What are they doing here? And then out of nowhere, they just partition the place and say, well, you have half Jerusalem and, and I'll have half Jerusalem. But it's still, a pro- it's still a problem for them right now, though. And it's still a problem. And the British have literally said, all right, that's not my problem. I did it. We saved the Jewish people. It's fine. It's fine. We gave the Palestinians independence. All right, we're out. We're done. We left. All right. Have fun, guys. And that's the British today. The reason why I ask is because like, I'm seeing so many... Um... Posts from like from from X, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and all you see is colonizing and conquerors. It's like, well, how much history have you guys learned? You guys simply just saying colonize and conquer, but you're not being a bit more specific about it. I like yeah. like I'm I'm over here sitting. I'm not saying that I'm pro Palestine. I'm not here saying I'm pro Israel. I'm pro truth. I just want to hear the truth. That's all I'm hearing. That's all I want to hear. So that's why I'm just trying to. Uh, that's why I'm trying to be curious on on the old history, on how it first started. You know, I I know you said that you don't know too much about. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm I I I mean, people. I I think I said this last episode, but I'm pro Israel because up to the point of how much should we help them? Should eventually should they not be helped? And I thought that the Abraham yeah, Accords right. were a step in the direction of yeah. Eventually, we're not going to have to babysit you all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That was with the Abraham Accords. That was it. And the Israelis, I think, understood that. I think, I think, I think the problem is is that Netanyahu has. I think is that I don't think he's prepared for a world where Jew, where Israel can survive on its own as an independent republic. If they want to be liberals who get you know triple booster vaccines, let them do that. I don't care. That's not my problem. And I think that's what the right is saying: is why do we have to be not meddling? Because it's not really meddling, but why are we responsible for that? I get it. We have a relationship, but. Right eventually you should be able to grow up and develop yourself. And you said something to me before this episode, this podcast, you were like, well, why don't the British take responsibility for it? And that is a kind of a dirty thing because they are responsible. But the thing is that that, that, that empire doesn't exist anymore. No, it doesn't. No. It, it's dead. <laughs> it died a long time ago. It, uh, it died yeah. when it was, di- it was dead when they did this. They just didn't know. Regardless of what the crown tells you, that empire died a long time ago. They had died, you know, back in World War One, when millions of people just needlessly died in a war that pretty much didn't have to happen. But all those people died, and so that empire, and thus that empire died. 
And so they can't really go to London and say, hey, you guys did this. It's like, well, you know, no, because we're not that country anymore. You guys have had independence for 70 years. Now, do they have responsibility in making things worse because the Israeli military with Suez and all that? Yeah, of course. But that's, you know, that's not that's not with the Palestinians. They, Palestinians have nothing to do with that. Sort of. They do, but they don't. Because that was mostly towards Egypt. So Egypt has a gripe. But, you know, they've moved on and said, you know, okay, we're, we can be friends. We can be neutral, at least. Maybe trade, etc. Um, it's complicated. I think why there's a reason why they call them colonizers, and it's but it's not because of that because they didn't colonize anything. The problem has been the land disputes. It's been the yeah. West Bank, it's been the Gaza Strip, and it's right. it's been the Gulan Heights, and it's been this constant thing of, especially under Bibi Netanyahu, <laughs> of this constant encroachment in additions of lands in the West Bank, on the Gaza Strip, in the Golan Heights, of, of making things Israeli when you don't need to. And then that's the thing. Do Are both sides playing fair? No. That's the problem with this debate, is that people like Ben Shapiro, while I agree with him on this, what's happened now, and most of it, he will never recognize that what they did was wrong, because the Israelis did abandon the West Bank, and they did give Gaza back in 2005, and then they left in 2021. So they did leave. They have left this area. They've, but those actions aren't good. But when last year Israel is sending missile strikes into Hamas, and not into Hamas, but Palestine, that does become a problem because the people there, it riles them up more and they now become members. They now affiliate more with Hamas, who now says, who says the things of, you know, Israel is a cancer. They need to be eliminated. Look at how they treat us, etc. Yeah, I right. thought Israel should have done one thing. They should have never let them be the source of power and electricity on a non-monetary basis for Palestine. If they were going to do that, they should have been charging Palestine. <laughs> they should allow the Palestinians to say, all right, you want to be your own country? Be your own country. But these are our. we're going to set the borders here today, now. And you need to do that on a global way so the world sees that, okay, Israel is saying, we're going to make these our borders. We're not going to encroach them, but we do not. But if... If Hamas strikes Israel, that will be that will be a formal declaration of war, and Israel will be allowed to strike. And there can be no country on the planet who's going to say, Israel is colonizing. You can't. Instead, what they've done is they're controlling them, and they say, well, we control your source of food and your water and your electricity, and I get it. That is a thing you have to do, but it's just a bad look. There's just such a bad – there's just bad vibes, I guess you want to put it, in it some, on both sides, yeah. and that's right. the problem. Neither side knows how to play. The liberal side wants to be buddy-buddy with Hamas, who wants to kill them. And the other side, the Netanyahu side, wants to eliminate them off the face of the planet because they said those things before. Not Netanyahu, but the people who work for him, the ideologues behind them. They don't like Iran, and they don't like Hamas. The problem is, on Hamas's side, is that most Israelis don't want to commit genocide against Hamas, but all Palestinians want to commit genocide against Palestine, against the Israelis. So that's when you run into the problem of, Okay, I get there's this, there's Hamas, there's Palestine. Who is who and what is what? Exactly. Because yep. as of now, and I've said this always, I will never take the Palestinian argument serious, no matter how much how much I've criticized or I have issues with Israelis' handling of the problem. I can't take them serious because who is your leader and who controls you and who speaks for you? Because this is one thing I've seen this weekend. The Palestinians have made it clear that as much as they want to say that they don't like Hamas and that Hamas 
that the people of Hamas are like the Taliban and Al-Qaeda, people that control them through violence and coerce them to support them because they have guns and they attack them and they they force them to be behind them. When Hamas commits acts of terror against innocent Israelis, the Palestinian people cheer. They celebrate. Right, right exactly. So which is which? Because you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways where you say, I don't like Hamas, but I love when Hamas kills Israelis because that makes you that makes you automatically two things. An enabler of terrorism in in, in deeply genocidal and anti Semitic. I mean yep. what you saw on that attack, when you saw reports of people of, of, of Hamas militants going into the homes of Israelis and bringing them out or breaking in and shooting people, that is that is not just the Holocaust. We've seen there's an earlier example to bring things up for the for the black people that care so much about the Palestinians. Hamas is not acting anything better than the Rwanda genocide when the Hutsis and Tutsis went out, went after each other, and they did the same thing when they yeah. went into businesses, hotel, uh, can, hotel, <laughs> the regions of Rwanda were divided between ethnic groups, and each every and every night they would break into homes and kill people and target them. It, depending on what ethnic group they were in, something they had no choice over. The people of Palestine had no choice over the fact that they were born Palestinian, just like I had no choice on being born Hispanic, just like I knew had no choice being born Indian. It just happened. It just happened. But you do have a choice of supporting a terrorist group that not only wants to commit genocide against a particular group, but engages in drug trade, engages in human trafficking, rape, children, the exploitation of children. They do this. Hamas is an ally of Hezbollah. They are friends with Boko Haram. And they are friends with all the South American guerrilla groups that have exported drugs into the Middle East and into Europe for decades and into the United States. They're all friends. Why? Because they all lean left, hard left. They're not just Democrat. They're not just socialists. They're Marxist-Leninist communists, like the ones in Peking, China, like the ones in, 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 in Russia, like the ones in Eastern Europe, like the ones all over Africa. That's why they're all friends. It's not because they just hate Israel. One, the Arabs are all anti-Semitic. And then two, there's this little interesting fact I've, I've noticed is that there's like this theme of the Israelis are, because of the anti-Semitism, which the communists, by the way, have always had. The communists have always been anti-Semites. The Soviet Union was, was anti-Semitic as hell. The only thing was is that they didn't just kill Jews, they killed everybody. So they were diverse in terms of their murdering. Yeah. They met their ESP scores. <laughs> they, 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 don't, they don't care who you are, man. No, they don't discriminate. They kill everybody. <laughs> they kill everyone. But they, they right. have pretty good ESG scores. <laughs> You're right. What the what the what these African, <laughs> the other communist groups have is that Israel, because of the anti-Semitic trade of that Jews have a lot of money and Jews control banking and Jews control, you know, they're rich. Israel is a rep- is the representation is the poster child of that Jewish stereotype. Israel is not a poor country. It's wealthy. It has a it has a sustainable economy. It produces. It you know it's it's not it's not it doesn't live off the United States. It just lives off the United States for military aid. So all these groups, because they're inherently anti-Semitic, they don't like Israel. That's another theme I've seen. That's why you see that Black Lives Matter, BLM, despises, despises the Israelis. Not only because most Jewish people are white and pale, because they don't go out in the sun and they can't really do sports and, you know, <laughs> how they are. Have you seen one? 
but <laughs> they are that representation. We have to remember that blacks and, and Jewish people have had issues in America before. Do we have to go back to the early 1990s in New York City when they ha- when those race rights those race rights happened? When black kids, when black men, black men murdered innocent Jewish people, shot them up and killed them, and there were race riots. Are we going to go back they to that? They don't want to hear that, man. Come on. Just like when, I mean, black people are the reason there wasn't a black mayor in New York City for years until Eric Adams. They're the reason that killed his chances. Ah, that's true. Are we going to go to the New York City problem with the Asians, the Korean rooftop Koreans? Were, pretty much targeting blacks that wanted to break into their businesses. They don't want to go there. So BLM has that problem, and that's why they support Palestine, because they view Palestinians as minorities. Palestinians use the the bogus line of, we're the colonized, we're the oppressed, there's apartheid, we can't, oh my God, we want to commit genocide. Why won't they let us be free enough to commit genocide? Oh, have you saw that post from BLM Chicago? Um, they post a pic of the uh the the paragliding um Hamas soldiers was like paragliding down to the music festival. It's like a picture of it. Well, that was it. it. That was it. And... Yeah, yeah. And I think I think they received a lot of backlash for that as well. It's pretty dirty, pretty disgusting. I don't know if I can see it right here. Let me. BLM Chicago. <clears throat> they probably took it down though. I don't know if they did. When it comes to resistance, the West has a clear double standard. It applauds Ukrainians but condemns Palestinians. That's funny. Well, that's the thing. They don't. They don't. Um. And this is going to be a red pilling moment for a lot of people that were victims of this. Unfortunately, I don't hate to make it political and say, yo, we're going to take advantage. But people are going to realize. One, you have to realize, I hope people realize, this is what happens when countries don't have Second Amendment laws. And not only is just when they actively prohibit the possession of weapons. Do you think Palestine doesn't, doesn't Palestine have a, a have gun laws? Oh, how come Hamas has all these guns? I don't think the gun <laughs> control works. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think it works. But this is this is why things like this are difficult to happen in America. I get it. The mass shootings are a problem, but that's not because of guns. That's because of a civilizational down downturn. Those yes. are social issues. We America has has had guns forever. It can't be why until the 1990s we we started having mass shootings. Yep. We've only had mass shootings since the 1990s on this scale. There's a reason for that, and it's not the guns. The guns haven't gotten haven't gotten bigger. It's not that. Don't blame it on the guns getting bigger and more powerful. You ever noticed? Um, every time there's a, there's a a school shooting, they always like to blame the guns for it. But then if a white cop shoots a black person, they blame the white the white cop for it. But they don't blame the gun. They just call it racism. So just like, just like imagine how funny that is. Like they're just flip flopping the whole issue when it comes to the guns and then racism. So it's it's not it's not a human issue when it comes to the school shooting. It's a gun problem. But if it's a white cop, you know, shooting a black person, it's a white person's fault. But uh, no, you are you are right. Um, I think Second Amendments are 
a um I gotta say it. They are a must in the country. I think Israel should um open up uh, using the uh, Second Amendment. They should do that. They should really consider gun possession laws. Call yeah. it whatever you want, but just gun possession laws. There's reasons why it's difficult to do that here. And there and and if Hamas is serious about having this, you know, global day of of um of Muslim, of radical Muslim Arab terrorism around the world in Western countries, because that's what it is at the end of the day. It's and, and they have to. It's part of their religion. It's why they do this. It's religious, which is why I always laugh and I've written tweets about this. You know, this is the this is the religion of peace. This is this is it. They do this in the name of God. And this is why I find it ridiculous that there are people like Andrew Tate and Tristan Tate, who's Catholic, by the way. I don't understand. He's doing this to defend his brother, but dude, have some balls to at least disagree on this. I get yeah. it. You want to seem intellectual. There are no intellectuals on the Palestinian side. They pretend they, they are. They're not. I don't understand this. You're Catholic. Buddy, they're going to kill you too. Hamas is going to murder you. They don't like Catholics. It's why um, when Patrick David had those Patrick, but David had those people come on, and he asked that question. The Muslim, the Muslims couldn't reply. It's how come? Oh, I, I, I could not, I could not finish the whole thing at all. Oh, me it, it was a, uh, it was horrible. It, <laughs> yeah, man. But it, but you, 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 are, you are, you are right though. You are right though. They, Why do the Muslims you, go to Christian countries? Yeah, that's it, and they can't answer it. They can't. They don't have a logistic answer. It. They can only say. Two things. Either they tell the truth and say, well, our country has freedoms that we can't really experience in America, outside of America or the West. And or the other one is our job as Muslims is to conquer or, dare I say, colonize the West to make them embrace Sharia and Islam. That's what they do. That's what they do. This isn't this is this is the moment where I like people like Christopher Hitchens because they critique things like like Islam, and I'm going to find videos like that so we can, I'm going to play them, because I think we have to go back to understanding that America has been at war with Islam for, since its beginning. America has been at war with radical Islam since the beginning. It was called the Barbary Wars, where pirates out of Tripoli and Somalia, who were Muslim, would attack American trading ships in the name of Islam because, and they said it many times, they, the Americans are infidels. They are not only are not only are they not Islam, but they are they are um, they are Christian. They are Protestant. They are Catholic. They do not believe in what we believe. They do not have Sharia, so they are infidels. And by default, that means the Quran commands us and gives us the authority to go and attack them and convert them. And if not, so eradicate. Them. And that's what they do. That's what the book says. Yeah, that's what says me. That's what the book says. That's what they've done throughout their history. I've taken college courses. I've been to college. I've went to college. I went to school. I read a book. I read the books. I took the courses on the Middle Eastern history. Middle Eastern history <laughs> is a bloodbath ever since the birth of Muhammad and his death. A bloodbath. It's been caliphates in Egypt. It's been caliphates in Saudi Arabia. Caliphates in Yemen, in Oman, in Kuwait, in Iraq, in Iran, everywhere. Caliphates in Afghanistan. Caliphates everywhere. Literally fighting and killing each other. A brother kills a brother-in-law. A sister tells her husband to murder her cousin. The 50th son of, 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 of Muhammad murders the 5th son of Muhammad because I am, the, I am the worthy leader of this branch of, of Islam. No, Sunni versus Shia constantly for decades, and it's still happening today. Very peaceful. Very peaceful. Very beautiful, by the way. I hate when women say that. Oh, it's such a beautiful religion. Yeah, they're going to chop your head off.
I hope you know that. Yeah, have you ever um saw the uh, stati- uh the uh, stats with um people from Middle Eastern migrating to Western countries, and um they they actually found a a stat for southern border in America of how many people from Middle Middle Eastern were going straight to the southern border and then got caught. It wasn't like they were like hiding or anything. Like it it wasn't like they ran up. They got caught from the southern uh. Border. I kind of want to like read out the numbers for you. Go ahead. Yeah. So this is from Joey Manarino on uh on Twitter yeah. or X. Uh, th- this is within the two years. Syria five hundred thirty eight, Yemen one thirty nine, Iran six fifty nine, Iraq one twenty three, Afghanistan six thousand three hundred eighty six, Lebanon one sixty four. Egypt, 3,153. Pakistan, 1613. Mauritania? I think I said it right. Yeah, Mauritania. Yeah, 15,594. Uzbekistan, 13,624. Turkey, 30,830. You mentioned earlier that why do they why do they go to Christian countries rather than just being where they're at? And why why don't you see Christian countries going to Middle East? Right. So yeah, you and uh, the the other question is: Do you think this is this is intentional? That the well, I, think the they, I think I think there's it's multifaceted. I think I think American <laughs> interventionism in the Middle East has accelerated this. Accelerated. What did have, we have seen immigration from Palestine, Iraq, Iran, <laughs> um, places like you know Saudi Arabia. Um, Turkey. We've seen that there are there are communities in America that have these people, but these were from a different generation. These weren't the generation of today, yeah, or yeah, years right. ago, decades right. ago. So it's yeah. uh, America is not hostile to immigration. We have just gone too far in allowing people from bumfuck anywhere in the world to come to America. If if Antarctica had black people, the Democrats would make diversity visas so that they could come here. And the fucking store. That's what they would do. Because immigration is what they want. It's always been called demography is destiny. In the 1990s, the Demo- in the 80s and 90s, the Democrats were lost. The 80s, they couldn't win elections. The country was red, conservative-leaning. What happened? They banked on two things. One, that the new Republicans would be neocons, which they were, and they were right, because Democrats are clever, not stupid. The ones that run things know how to predict the future. That's what they're best at, planning. That's why they like socialists, because they do five-year plans. They fail, but the Democrats are good at it. And then two, it was they realized that that white conservative group that voted as a bloc for centuries, for decades, I mean, and felt like centuries, was going to go away soon. They weren't reproducing because culture had made it. The feminist culture that rose, the pop culture, the rock and roll, the drugs, the smoke, the weed, the end of Vietnam, all of these things that happened was going to make that people weren't going to have children, that white block was going to go away. And they realized that, oh, there's more people coming in from the Hispanic countries. And now the Asian countries, like the Koreans, the Chinese, the Filipinos, there's more of them coming in. There's these new waves and generations coming in. And Democrats said, we appeal to them because we're for the poor class. At the time, they were for the they would say things for the working class. <laughs> How things have changed. And 
they brought up a line, and it was in the LA Times, and it was called, Demography is Destiny. That's what they said. That the future of the Democratic Party of America under the Democratic Party, Party was that, they had, that the United States had to change radically demographically so that they could use the votes of minorities to stay entrenched in power. And that's, at the end of the day, why they want Democrats here. I mean, not Democrats, immigrants here. Yeah, but have they ever thought they would backfire? No, because they thought that they could portray the image of being for the working class and <clears throat> nobody would ever catch on to the fact that, oh, no, you're actually the most elitist people in the world because you're arrogant, you have God complexes, many of them have egomaniacs, narcissists like Obama, egomaniacs like Biden, uh, some are pedophiles like Bill Clinton, and some are just ambitious, corrupt careerists like Hillary Clinton, who are very Machiavellian, all of them, and where the ends justify the means. They don't care how it's done. It has to get done. And demography is destiny is the way. They are go they want that's why that's why when they people like Tucker say, Hey, you guys are actively trying to flush out the white population that's been here for decades and centuries, that has laid its body on the line for this country, that has you know, has sweat, blood, tears on this on on you know, in our soil. We have a history, we have a nation, we have a culture. You're taking that away for political clout, for political power. They call that Oh, that's right. That's white. That's white supremacy. That's you know white. That's white fear. That's you know that's um. There's a word they they call it, but that's what they deflect to. Um, but it's not true. I want to get in. I'm going to show you some Christopher Hitchens videos because I think it's very clear that when people realize what at the end of the day what's dri driving this conflict, it's not it's not colonialism. That's bogus. It's extremism extremism on the religious fronts, and Israel has it too. And Hamas has it, and that's what's that's what has motivated Hamas. They want to eliminate the Israeli Jewish people off the face of the planet. That's why they don't like it. It's religious. That's why the conflict over Jerusalem is big to them, because they believe, the Muslims believe, they have a claim to Israel. And the Quran commands them to murder infidels who do not believe in their faith. So I'm going to play some Christopher Hitchens videos, because he's always been a spot on. He's an atheist, but he's always been spot on. In a way that the progressive atheists hate him for this, because atheists can't handle someone who criticizes Islam. It's fashionable to, to criticize Catholic Catholicism. It's not fashionable to criticize Islam. So I'm going to play this. <laughs> Take a look. Uh, you can just... As a Sufi Muslim, I'm very ruffled by the title of your book. Did you have to settle for the uh, literal negation of Allahu Akbar? Yes. <laughs> At the moment, it's very clear to me the most toxic form that religion takes is the Islamic form. The horrible idea of wanting to end up with Sharia, the state of religious law, and that the best means of getting there is jihad, holy war, and that Muslims have a special right to feel aggrieved enough to demand this. I think it's an absolute obscene wickedness, and I think their religion is nonsense. God speaks to some illiterate merchant warlord in Arabia, and it contains the answers to all human. Don't, don't, don't waste my time. It's the Archangel Gabriel speaks only Arabic. All religions claim to be revealed truth. But Islam dangerously says, ours is the last and final one. There can't be any more after this. This is God's last word. Now, that's straight away a temptation to violence and intolerance. And if you note, it's a temptation they seem quite willing to fall for. Every Allah reminds people that we're in a very serious struggle with a very depraved religion. Easy, simple, well, but interesting. Well, clear. And it does, and that's what it's, I mean, it seems, I've got to do another one, it's eight minutes long, I'm, uh, actually, it's not, it's not eight minutes long, it's shorter than that, I'm getting this from a different channel, but um, 
No, do they want to listen to an eight-minute video? We're not listening to an eight-video video. We're going to talk about <laughs> just another thing on Islam because this is this is radical Islam. This is Islamic fundamentalism. This is the extremist Islam, and it, and it has a history. I mean, this is not just, of course, yeah. You know, it's not confined just to you know the Taliban, <clears throat> Iraq. This is back on uh, Bill Marshall with Hitchens versus um. Um. George Galloway, who was a um, British MP to the European Union, and uh, he's a far left progressive and um, you know pro you know against the wars and everything you know goes a little bit too far and stuff. But um, I don't think I've seen that. I think I sent it to you, but here it is. Tells, and that's our answer. And Jefferson said, "Well, he's going at it over Muslim fundamentalism on Bill Maher's show from the mid two thousands. Let's watch. Because the Quran gives us permission to do so, because you are infidels." And that's our answer. And Jefferson said, well, in that case, I will send a navy which will crush your state, which he did. And a good thing, but too. The pro Islamic fundamentalism is not created by American democracy. It's a lie to say so. It's a masochistic lie. And it, and it, and it excuses those who are the real criminals, and it blames us for the attacks made upon us. Don't equally, have anything to do with this mentality. The argument that we're there fighting them so that they won't come and fight us is a bullshit argument. ridiculous argument. <laughs> you asked anyone in London Fighting this summer everywhere. whether they felt that the attacks weren't coming to them, and they'd have said, no, that argument's absurd, of course, that they are going to be attacking all over the world, be it Morocco, yeah. Istanbul, London, and those and countries... And Mr. Blair says, right? we'll fight them everywhere is, they is do. Is there another difference between... We'll fight them everywhere they do. I, I know they hate us anyway. I agree. They hate us anyway. But there's oh, a big difference between... Who hates you? Muslims hate you? Well, I think everybody in the world hates us now. <laughs> well, it's not just... Well, this, is the, this, this is the point, though, that uh, 10,000 new Bin Ladens have been created by the policy that your country has adopted. What kind of... Bin Laden. Oh, Bin Laden. 10,000 <laughs> new Bin Ladens have been created because <laughs> of the policy that has been followed. And this is uh, the biggest test of a policy. Has it made things better or made things worse? And my belief is that Muslims are not angry with us because of who or what we are, but because of what we do. They're angry with us because of our support for Sharon's Israel, principally. Do you know that every one of those settlers in the Gaza Strip got a quarter of a million dollars to leave land they should never have been on in the first place, and you paid for it? Well, I would argue with you about that. America paid for it. Think that if America pulled all of its mm. out of Saudi Arabia, um, did. fulfilled did. The, fulfilled we... all the conditions that Al Qaeda has said in the past it wanted, but suddenly you'd see no more Al Qaeda attacks around. I'm the last. I, I'm not advocating negotiating with Bin Laden and Al Qaeda. I want you to negotiate. Why not? With, I want you to negotiate with the Muslims who haven't joined them yet, but who might join them tomorrow or the next day. But I'll let you people that you see, uh, Mr. Mal, I have to. Wow. If, if you let me say this, I, I won't want to say anything more on this show. Uh, what Mr. Galloway has just said is quite false. Um, what, Mr. Galloway trades a better set of manners when he's in Los Angeles from the one that he exhibits when he's in, say, uh, Syria on state television, when he praises the martyrs and the jihadists and the 150 or so operations they conduct every day in Iraq. He goes there to stir it up, and then he comes here to tell us, watch out, they're being nasty. That's, I think, disgraceful. Wow, that's what happened. And then to it, do. it seems to me that, um, it seems to me, I don't know if it does to you, Mr. Bin Laden is a, <clears throat> a kind guy. I don't think there are 10,000 people like him. And if they're clones of him, suppose there are that many clones, where does he come from? What did American policy do to make him declare I mean, war on us? American policy invented him. No, I mean, I, I'm astounded at that. 
It was the United States who invented bin Laden. They sent him to Afghanistan. They gave him money and guns. Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan, the president who was being praised by your uh, on the one hand, but on the other author a minute ago. We Ronald were... Reagan paid for bin Laden. Yeah. Um, I, I heard something about that, but is that true? Yeah, so uh, he was he, the, the, he was um, like a bin Laden was a like was a mujahideen fighter in Afghanistan versus the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union had its own Vietnam in the 1980s, and it was called um, Afghanistan. They okay. lost Afghanistan. They used to control Afghanistan. That's um, Muslim countries went through a thing where if they weren't um, Muslim theocracies, you know, like Iran or like Saudi Arabia, where they had Muslim kings. They were usually communist. Islam and communism made a, you know, had a little time together. They were married for a little time, and then they realized, oh yeah, that doesn't work. Communism and Islam does not work. No, it didn't work at all. I, I would imagine that. No, and so that didn't work in Afghanistan, and so the Soviets that controlled Afghanistan um, were having problems. And Bin Laden was a Mujahideen fighter, and the United States, behind closed doors, um, supplied and trained a lot of Mujahideen fighters. Among them was a young Bin Laden, who with that training and with that funding and, and, and those weapons that they got and with the country they inherited or were, or were left with because once the Soviets left, they, they left just a vacuum. He, through the Taliban that he led in Al-Qaeda, which was aligned with him, took over Afghanistan. And that led to the 9-11 attacks. Um, Al-Qaeda and the Taliban ruled, controlled controlled Afghanistan. That's why we went in there. And that's why I always say that Afghanistan was the just war, but Iraq was not. Because Iraq was Afghanistan was the home and the 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 eight headquarters of the Taliban. People always imagine that the Taliban were operating in these caves, like in these movies, that oh they were just in mountains. And they had bases out in mountains, but they were really the power center and the people that controlled Afghanistan like they did today. That's what it used to be like. And yeah, they hid in caves and in compounds underground and everything, but they weren't, weren't running things from caves. They didn't have laptops in a, in a cave in the middle of a desert. Yeah, that, that that's not work. how it worked. Yeah. No, that's not how they ran things. They actually controlled the country. It's just that Osama bin Laden would, would be in hideouts. And yeah, they would be, you know, sometimes they would hide out in a cave or in a, or in a mountain or they would have a secret base somewhere or, you know, yeah. away from something. I think you need a strong satellite if you want to run a laptop in a cave. <laughs> Well, yeah, they they got their ways, you know. The Russians helped them because the Russians then realized, oh yeah, we can use them against the Americans and get payback. So it's a it's a whole geopolitical game. Yeah. It's like how the Russians supply Iran and supply Hezbollah and fund them because Iran can't do it on its own, and thus Hezbollah helps Hamas. They're both kind of the same thing at this point, a mercenary force, a terroristic mercenary force that runs all over the world. If I told you that Hamas was in South America, you wouldn't believe me. If you told me, if I told you that Hezbollah has been in South America for 20, 30 years, you wouldn't believe me, but that's the truth. They have been. Hamas and Hezbollah are in Colombia right now, and they've been there for 30, 40 years. 30, 40 years recruiting, training, because they're in aligned with um, FARC, ELN, and, other, and the, all the other communist guerrillas that have been there before. This is, a, this is not a simple thing. I, this is why people don't realize it's, it's, it's not a simple thing. It isn't. This is what I hate when people say, I like Putin because he's against gays. Yeah, well, he also supports the people that kill you. <laughs> Didn't you know that the Russians I've, support... I, I've, I've noticed that a lot. I've people don't that realize that Putin himself is an ally to Hezbollah. The same Hezbollah that 
kills Americans abroad and, and conducts terrorist operations when we Americans were in war in, the, in Afghanistan and in Iraq. Hezbollah was aligned in helping them commit terrorist attacks and in that war. They were there helping the Muslims. They were there. People don't remember that, but Putin has been funding them. See, has always funded them, has always helped them out. It's not easy information, but the South Americans know that. South America knows that. The Africans know it. The Americans ignore it because they, they, they're too focused on their issues. Right. It's on, I see this entire generation saying, I would love to interview Putin because he's against the vaccine. Okay, yeah, but what's the point of, I mean, would you rather get a vaccine or be dead because... Dude, of, fucking lo- no, yeah, he doesn't like us. Like, what are you guys doing? He doesn't doing? like you. He may respect you like he respects Trump, but he doesn't like you. He doesn't want to be like you because he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't trust you. And Russians have always been distrusting people. They're not trustworthy. They don't like you. They don't like the West. That's why they're friends with China. Because for a long time, even though they're European in, in ancestry, and for a long time they tried to be European and model themselves after the West, they've always been aligned with Asia because they're there. They're literally, most of their population or their landmass is in Asia. They're not just a European country. They're literally in Asia. Yeah. They're only brought into the conflict because they're white. And in European and ancestry, I mean, how much you want to? How much you want to bet? Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> now, people, people, not people don't know that, but it's a complicated history. It's not that I'm a genius. I'm not, but it's because I, I read and I and I talk and I see different news outlets and, and people, people say things, and I think it's it, and I think they don't want to admit things. It's, they like to say, "Well, where's the proof? You think this is on Google? This isn't on Google." I mean, I always laugh. I mean, always laugh. People say, "Where's the proof?" I, I don't have. There is no physical proof because they don't write things down. It's all yeah. said. Listen to what they say. Listen to who they hang around with. When the president of Venezuela and the Cubans and the Nicaraguans and the Brazilian like Lula come out and say, "Oh yeah, we support Palestine and Hamas is a great people," and they invite the Iranians and the Hezbollah fighters are stationed in Venezuela, uh, that should tell you something. That things should say things to you. People. Politics isn't about, you know, just what they say. It's who they're with and what they do. And not a lot of that is is, is factual or not. The AP and Politico, they're not writing about that. They're not doing that because they don't get it. They'll just report and say, Hezbollah was in Venezuela. Okay, that's it. They don't, they can't, they don't have an opinion. Because Nancy Pelosi, remember, said Hezbollah were nice people. They were, remember what Nancy Pelosi said about Hamas. She said they were a humanitarian group. I want to see her go. Uh... She's, she said that two years ago. Go hang out with them. Well, she said that two years ago. She said Hamas is a humanitarian group. The Speaker of the House said that. Show I mean, me come last on. Thirty minutes. Come on now. Let's let's be serious here. So, um, we've talked a little bit about the overall history of Israel and Palestine and the conflict. You know, I, we've seen the progressives and yeah. Well, we're just uh, waiting for tomorrow. And yeah, it's uh, today is uh, the eve of what did he call it again? Global Jihadi Day. Day of Jihadi. Day of Jihadi. Hamas has called upon their Islamism friends for a day of Jihadi terror. Well, look at this. Friday, October 13, 1307, French Templars were arrested by King Philip, tortured into admitting heresy and killed. 
It is a crusader reference. In 1788, when the United States was barely a country, right, it was having its um, sailors taken as slaves by the Barbary states, the states of the Ottoman Empire in North Africa. Tripoli. Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. Shores of Tripoli. Ships uh, stopped. Its crews carried off into slavery. We estimate one and a half million European and American slaves taken between 1750 and 1815. Jefferson and Adams went to their ambassador in London and said, why do you do this to us? The United States has never had a quarrel with the Muslim world of any kind. We weren't in the Crusades. We weren't in the war in Spain. Why do you do this to our people and our ships? Why do you plunder and enslave? Our uh, people, and the ambassador said very plainly, Mr. Abdul Rahman said, because the Quran gives us permission to do so, because you are infidels, and that's our answer. And Jefferson said, well, in that case, I will send a navy which will crush your state, which he did. Islamic fundamentalism is not created by American democracy. It's a lie to say so. It's a masochistic lie, and it excuses those who are the real criminals, and it blames us for the attacks made upon them. Yeah, that's uh, like literally it. It's like, and so... um. They always had that problem, and um, and um, the people don't want to discuss that. They like to say that, well, no, that's not, you know, we don't really do that, and, you know, etc. But um, th that that has a that's been a problem. Yeah. It's never been addressed. It's that there is a fundamentally uh, big problem with um, with um, with Islam, fundamentally, it is an extremist position, and Christians are not like that. But um, you know, that's just uh, you know, how it is. Uh, let's just move on into the speaker fight, into the um, what's happening in speakers. So there's been some breaking news here. Um, you reported to us that Scalise, Steve Scalise, a rep congressman out of Louisiana, has dropped out of the race <laughs> in um, for the speakership. Right. What happened? No, I'm just laughing about that whole story because I mentioned to you right before the podcast. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, honestly. Yeah, there's no explanation. Everybody's just focused on today, today, today. But there's no historical background. Nobody wants to talk about it. The kids who post on IG and say, free Palestine, free Palestine. They don't know that the people holding Palestine back is in Israel. It's it's, it's Hamas. No, I'm talking about um, I'm talking about the House of Speaker uh, story. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, everything's just like going on right now. Oh, it's a complete shit show. So, yeah. like we talked about uh, last week, and I think on our Patreon too, I, I ranted about it on our Patreon, so check that out. Link down below. Um, Matt Gates, he's done, you know, he you know, he wanted to, you know, I guess have some fun. He wanted to get, you know, a boner. He finally put a motion in to get rid of Kevin McCarthy, and, you know, he, 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 he ejaculated for the first time in years because there were no 14-year-old girls near him. You know, he says that that didn't happen, but guess what? You know, we don't know about that yet. Oh man! So, anyways, he's getting his kicks off, and um, <laughs> hey, you never know. He probably um does something with AOC. You know, well, you know, that's our favorite big booty Latina. So, all right. So, what's his face? Kevin McCarthy, out of speaker in. Is um, Patrick McHenry, who is the acting speaker. He's the guy who kicked Nancy Pelosi out of her special office, which she shouldn't have had because she's not only not just the former speaker, but she's not even a she's not even in any position of leadership in the party anymore. She's just a normal person. Um, and so he kicked her out of her offices, which they they complained about and said, you know, that's so that's so terrible. It's like, well, you know, she shouldn't really have the office. It should probably go to someone else. Yeah, needs one if they need one, and um. 
we now have a battle in the Republican Party is that who is more conservative than the other person? As if that matters today. It doesn't. Um, here's the problem Republicans have and they're not realizing is that no matter what they do, no matter who they put up there, no bills will ever be passed unless they have permission from the Senate. You can you can vote for a speaker after 2024, but you're going to need someone to be the placeholder for a position that's really just a lame duck. You're just there to pass business, maybe cut spending, but you can't because the president is never going to sign a bill to cut spending. And that should be a point that's told more. In a time of rece- in a recessionary period, the president has refused to cut spending. In a time of high inflation, the government the president has refused to sign anything cutting spending. He won't. He won't cut discretionary funding for anything. Republicans should say that more, but they don't. Instead, they say, we need a conservative MAGA speaker. And my question is, why? 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 Like, what is he going to do? What is she going to do? What are they going to do? Nothing. Because they can't. Because even if they get a bill through the Senate, the president is going to veto it. And he's going to keep vetoing it. And if they veto it, the Senate doesn't like redoing bills after the president vetoed it because the Democrats in the party are not going to vote again on it. And the Democrats in the House aren't going to either. So that's not going to happen. But Republicans, in their usually fashion, they always know how to fuck something up. So they're here doing it again. And people don't like drama. People don't want drama. They're going to say, hey, we elected you guys in 2022 in the midterms because we said you guys said you could fix the House. You went in there and you created a shit show. Not only the first time did you take 15 ballots to vote in your speaker, now you can't decide on who's going to be the nominee. You can't even decide who's going to fail. You know what this is? This is, this is my analogy to this. You and I are going out to dinner. We're going to, we're, we're going to go out. We chose a place. You know what? We're going to have dinner, chat. We're going to you know, reminisce on old times. And you know, we're going to meet up as friends you know, and have a good time. Kevin is our waiter. Kevin McCarthy. You don't like Kevin. I'm okay with Kevin. You kick out Kevin, we can no longer have Kevin. We're arguing over the waiter. Now, there's two waiters here now. There's Steve and there's Jim. You like Jim, and I'm okay with Steve. But we haven't even seen the menu yet. We haven't ordered. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to eat, and you don't either. But we're just right. fighting over the waiter, so nothing gets done. And by the time we decide... It's done because the restaurant's closing. So all we got was bread. All we got was the bread and butter, and the butter was stale, and the bread wasn't that good. And the forks couldn't open up the bread, so I left the bad review on on Yelp. So nothing happened. Yeah, that that the whole that whole scenario you just mentioned is is just like what's happening. Literally, what happened? So <laughs> I don't know the menu. I I still. I mean, everyone's. I mean, I get it, Kevin. He was great. He's a great people person. I like it. You didn't like it because, you know, sometimes he looks kind of fake. Eh, he's not focused on, he wants to sell, he wants to upsell the desserts and the wine, and he wants to get us to get expensive stuff. I liked it. You know, I don't mind it. And you're saying, I don't like that. I want a dude who comes in like Jim. Jim's going to come in and he's going to give me exactly what I want. He knows what I want. He's going to come in. He's going to tell me, you want the chicken parm and he's going to give it to you. All right. But Steve is different. Steve is like, you know, let's have a good time. I'm going to be focused on giving you guys a good time. You know, what do you want? You want this? You want that? We can. I'll show you the options. I haven't even gotten to get the options. No one's giving me options. I don't even have a menu in my hand. All I have is water, bread, and, and butter. 
Right. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. the Republicans, they win the House, and all they keep saying is immigration. That's the line that the waiters keep telling us. Oh, yeah, immigration is out of control and the inflation. Everyone agrees on that. Everyone in the Republican Party agrees on that. But I want the, I want the menu. I want to see what the main dishes are. What are the appetizers? Give me the sides. Does it... Is the lobster bisque fresh? Is the lobster fresh? Is the is the veal good? Is the veal good here? Is it good here? They, they, no one's telling me anything. What are you going to do to fix the economy? What bills are you going to sign on immigration? Like, what are you going to do about immigration? Complain about it? Like, for like the 250th time? <laughs> I mean, we don't have a plan. There is no plan. There is There's nothing. No plan. Marjorie Tander Green keeps complaining about, I don't like Kevin. Okay, well, who do you like? Me? I'm not there, honey. I can't be the speaker. You like me? She doesn't like Indians. And so I need to see a plan, and they're not doing that. And this is why I think they're sab- the Republicans always do this. They always sabotage themselves and then blame the Democrats as to why they can't win. No, it's you can't win because when yeah. you're – or you can't handle yourself. And when you finally have a leader who gets things done like Trump, you just bullshit him along the way. People like Ron DeSantis voted against the wall. We could have had a wall, Ron, but you voted against it. You could have ha- you could have had a wall, Ann, like the wall, like the wall in front of you that prevents people from actually liking you because you're an annoying bitch. <laughs> but anyways, get roasted. But anyways, I mean that's just what happens. That's just what happens, and um. Uh, oh, oh, all right, so what's next, though? So now... Um, so Steve is he, out. Yeah, so he's out. So what's next? Now Now they're going to have Jordan? So they're going to bring another waiter in, or we're going to see if the only waiter left is Jim. But we're going to see. So maybe they nominate someone else. What has to happen is they have to settle on a speaker. If it's Jim, it's Jim. Jim is our waiter. All right, Steve needs to go to the rest of the restaurant and let them know, hey, Steve is our waiter. Not Steve. I mean, Jim is the waiter now, not me. Choose him. And he needs to go, and that wing of the party needs to go and say, hey, guys, you guys need to support Jim because Jim is the party. Now, 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 um, now Kevin wants to come back. He wants to be our waiter again. I don't mind, actually. Okay. That would be a remedy. Yeah, what am I having? And this is why I get it. You want a conservative speaker, but it doesn't make sense to do it now because what is a conservative speaker going to do? Now, I don't like, I mean, I think that the idea of signing a bill for 45 days, I think that's because Kevin doesn't want to take the responsibility of being the guy who shut down the government. But Democrats are going to put it that way anyways. And the government's going to shut down anyways because they can't afford to be open because there's a $2 trillion annual deficit every year. And we can't afford it. And and so the um, they should have done what Trump said back when they were talking about the deficit, uh, the debt, the debt ceiling. You're gonna default on the currency. You're gonna default on the debt eventually. You should threaten to do it now and and make the Democrats cave because if we don't, because they're gonna do it eventually. Because this is unsustainable. The way they're spending is unsustainable. They're going yeah. to default on the on the currency on the debt eventually. Because they have to. They have to. And so Democrats are playing the game of you can't let the government fail government shut down. But 
you have it's going to happen eventually because they can't you can't fund the government like this forever and so kevin failed to realize that and i don't think he heard any yet i don't think anybody was giving that advice you should have just kept it in and said yeah we're not gonna we're not gonna open it back up until um until the president says he's going to cut spending a little bit we're we've been he has to go out there and tell people we have been the only one negotiating the president does not want to negotiate he does not want to cut spending he is lying and he does not want to cut spending he needs to cut spending to get out of this inflation the inflation has been caused because he cut spending no one wants to say that though they like to say the border the bo can you stop putting out the middle finger bro the border the border they're just saying the border all the time. And they're saying illegal immigration, but they're not fixing anything. They're not they're not. Is, there, us is there a certain deal. is there a certain deadline if they can't find uh, another one to nominate? I don't think so. I'm not I'm not really in tune in line with those um uh those rules. So I don't know. But I don't think so. I think yeah. um I think they'll just keep this acting speaker until they find one. I think they might have a maybe they think next week. I think the reason why Steve dropped out is because he probably he knew he didn't have the votes. Yeah, um, he knew he didn't have yeah. two seventeen. He needs two seventeen. I think he knew. Confronted a likely sure a surmountable vote shortage. Yeah. So I think he probably said, "You know what? I'm not going to go. I'm not. I don't want to be like Kevin. I'll just be the waiter that left. So you know, bye." How much do you know about um? Steve. So Steve has been there for a while now. He is the number two in charge of the Republican Party in the House. He was for a while. He always oh, was. Okay. He was the majority whip. He was the minority whip. And now he was the majority yeah, leader yeah. in the House. So he was the majority leader, which is the number two position behind the speaker. And um, and so he's always been in power. So that's why people look at him as more establishmentarian. He's been mm -hmm. an ally of Trump. He's always been good with Trump. Remember, he was the congressman that was shot uh, by the Bernie Sanders fanatic. I heard about that, yeah. That was him in 2017 at the uh, Congressional Baseball Game uh, tryouts. He was shot by a Bernie Sanders sycophant. And, um, you know, he's had ballots with cancer. Right now he's battling, I think, uh, uh, lymphoma yeah, or melanoma. So I, I don't think he was the ideal pick, but he was, he was the, he was the, the right guy. He's the next up. But he's not the right guy at the time because he's not healthy. The job of speaker, what, what, what Matt Gates doesn't understand, and that's why he doesn't want to come out and, and tell the truth, is that he he wants to be speaker because he can't. Nobody likes him, um, even the 14-year-old girls he likes. Um, he can't be speaker because the job of speaker means you have to sell your party to the donors, the donors that fund your congressional races. You know the 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 one the you know the hundred million dollar the you know the ten million dollar people that who who run these packs, all these people that donate to the super packs, they need they need to be convinced, and conservatives fail at that job because no one in Orange County where 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 um Kevin uh, where Kevin McCarthy is from, um nobody wants to hear we're gonna shut down the FBI twenty thousand times like all the other conservatives do. They don't want to hear that. Uh, Chip Roy is not the most comforting person to listen to. He's one of the people, he's one of the hardline MAGA. He supports Ron DeSantis. Um, Ron seems to, I mean, Ron can't even talk about this. All he has to do, he, all he does is mention Florida. Because in Florida, we actually, in Florida, we actually have a speaker. I mean, you know, I mean, answer the damn question. You're going to be, you, if you're the president, you're leader of the party. You have to address this, but he can't. 
Um, he has to talk about Florida. And so Chip Roy endorses Don Ron DeSantis. Chip Roy is making a mess out of things by not by getting rid of the speaker. And Ron, and Ron DeSantis can't even say something about his biggest supporter talking about I mean, cre helping make this mess. Go figure. So, um, yeah, this is going to be a shit show. This isn't going to end well. Republicans are going to probably lose the midterms or not, you know, not win more seats than what they have now. I mean, they're going to lose George Santos. I don't think another Republican can go back in there and win. I think. Oh, oh the, yeah, I forgot about him. In ordinary, yeah, I mean, my favorite congressman. Um, you know, in an ordinary world, Republicans should be winning because this is a horrible president. But they're not because of shenanigans like this. Yeah. Um, Lauren Boebert is probably out. You know, she's probably going to get primary, and if she's not primaried, you know, hopefully she is, and they're going to lose. She's going to lose, and um, you know, that's going to be a problem. You know, how yeah. do we do things? You know, who's winning this? How do we? My wife cheated um, on me. Your wife cheated on you. And we're going to have to address, you know, this is going to be a problem we're going to have to address. And Trump can't fix everything. Sorry. You know, he endorsed Jim and he didn't endorse Steve. And everybody's saying, ha ha, uh, Trump's guy lost. Well, Trump's tr the, the guy Trump didn't endorse who Trump likes. But, you know, you know, he probably knows it's like, you know, Steve's not up for it. Steve's not up for the job. You know, yeah. Steve, Steve, you know Steve's got to travel across the country. He has to do. He has to do donors. Then he has to do chemo. Then he has to gather votes and select committees and do all this work. It's a big yeah, job. So he's not, yeah, he's not healthy. It's not up for it. Yeah, he's older. He's not up for it. You know, I love him, but he's not up for it. So I think Trump sees that and says, you know, let's, you know, let's be sympathetic. Um. Yeah, that's going to be a, a a problem. I mean, if they want to, if they're going to nominate Jordan, just uh, hope that he does a fine job. But uh, can't really expect him, you know, to get everything accomplished. You, he won't because yeah. you can't. There's a Democratic Senate and there's a Democratic president who's going to veto. Yeah. yeah. So or it's like, Democrat so it's like, it's, so it's like there's extra different walls that he still needs to go through. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And then even if you get to the, even if you had the Senate, you have McConnell, who's not really going to pass anything except because, you know, he's going to try to get on the president's good side. Turtle man. Yeah. Turtle. Who really should have been replaced by Rick Scott last time. But Rick Scott kind of fucked himself over with the saying, with saying that he, I'm going to cut Social Security. I mean, Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Love you, but come on, boy. He looks on that. Oh, yeah, that was his plan. And everybody freaked the fuck out. Run, everyone. Yeah, they did. And then Ron DeSantis said, Florida. And that's how we're ending the show, Florida. And um, That's all he said. That's all he said. <laughs> that's how we're going to end the show. Um, guys. Appreciate it. Hope you guys enjoyed this uh, kind of, you know, historical analytical episode. Um, big topics. Stay safe on, uh, you know, the, the the best day of the year. You know, today is um, today is October the twelfth. Uh, Global Jihad Eve. Tomorrow is Global Jihad Day. So you know, celebrate. So fucking annoying tomorrow. <laughs> Let's hope nothing happens. Those sleeper cells come out and uh, stay safe. And best of all, stay what. Stay racist, but also make sure you guys have your guns out. Yeah, stay racist and join fuck the Fuck around and find out. Yeah, fuck around and find out. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.